It's another episode of the First and Gold Podcast. I am your host, Nick Matt. Uh Unfortunately, JJ could not make it today, but it is 3.30 on Sunday, the January 21st. Championship Sunday in the NFL. Patriots and Jaguars are currently in progress. It's 2.51 to go. It's 3-0 New England. I'll keep you updated on that game from, from what I learn as it goes on. And the Eagles and Vikings will play later tonight. But there, there, there's something I want to I want to talk about first. As the NFL goes into its off-season phase, we're probably most of this podcast is going to become college basketball based because that's what we know the most. And yesterday I went to a college basketball game for in beautiful Newark, New Jersey, Seton Hall and Xavier. I, I am a Seton Hall fan, so that, that game did not sit well with me. The, this podcast is probably going to become the home for the Fire Kevin Willard movement from what I what I believe, so that, yeah, that, that's something to look forward to, because the Kevin Willard can never put a full game together against Marquette, against Georgetown, against Creighton. They came out and they got down, they got down early, and they can never recover. This game, they came out guns blazing, and he couldn't finish the game. When, when is he gonna tell Angel Delgado that he can't play at the perimeter anymore? Because when that happens, you're taking your best player out of his wheelhouse, and it's not going to work. Because Angel Delgado can't shoot a three. Angel Delgado can't handle the ball. But what is he doing on the perimeter? He's got He's just got to put himself into the post and try to be as effective as he can there. Kevin Willard, I'm pretty sure, does not know what he's doing in that sense. Also, with Kadeen Carrington, Kadeen Carrington take, he went 0 for 7 from 3 yesterday, and I'm pretty sure... I don't know how many points he had. I think he had like 12, I think. But either way, when is he going to grab Kadeen Carrington and tell him that he can't shoot that shot anymore? If you can't do this, Kevin Willard, then you're going to have to find somewhere else to go. Enjoy St. Mary's because a nationally ranked program is not where, where he's going to be able to be. And Seton Hall has gonna have, is going to have to find a new coach because clearly Kevin Willard can't put an efficient game plan together. That doesn't put Angel Delgado on the perimeter. That doesn't let Kadeen Carrington take every shot that he wants. And that utilizes Desi Rodriguez and Miles Powell a little bit more. Because Miles Powell is the most effective shooter on the team. And that's that's no doubt right there. And Desi Rodriguez might be your best playmaker on the team. Granted, Angel Delgado has... he He's like the master of the post. And he'll get 20 rebounds a game. And he'll he's your best player. But... When it comes to crunch time, you can't have him taking the ball at the, at the top of the key and doing whatever it is he's going to do. So, and also with Kevin Willard, outside of the of the uh, class that, that would be seniors right now, and that would include Sonogo, Ishmael Sonogo, Kadeen Carrington, Delgado, uh, Rodriguez, and the the late, not not late, but he left, Isaiah Whitehead. Who, who has he gotten as far as recruiting? I'm hearing he's got a good recruiting class this year. But like I don't, he he hasn't had good enough. He hasn't had enough success recruiting for me to be able to confidently say that he's going to be able to to maintain the integrity of the program after all these three guys leave. So Kevin Willard has to has to go after this year because he's going to have nobody left. You're going to need a new guy, a recruiting specialist probably, and somebody who can just. Put together an effective game plan because clearly Willard cannot do that. So also going back to the Xavier game yesterday, every every basket that that uh, Xavier took, 
J.P. Makura was cutting towards the basket on every play to go and try to get a put back and try to dunk it home again. And it really came through in the beginning, as or not in the beginning, at the end. Because in the beginning, it didn't work. He he was never getting the ball back, and he was never getting the offensive rebound. But it, he came through in the clutch at the end when, when it was a close game and Seton Hall was uh, was winning that. He came through, and he put the ball back in the, in the basket after after a, uh, a a bad shot. So I, I feel like Desi Rodriguez could do that. Why 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 don't we do why – why doesn't Seton Hall do that? Like Kevin Willard, just have a guy trailing and have a guy like Desi Rodriguez who's very athletic. And he could he get those offensive rebounds. I know you have I know you have Angel, who's who's the best uh, offensive rebounder and just in general rebounder in the country. But you need to you need to have a guy who can who can really just like be the playmaker for the team. And it's not Carrington. Carrington is this guy who Willard keeps trusting to to kind of you know put to be in that role, but he can't. And also Seton Hall fans, I'm I'm done blaming Isaiah Whitehead for this. I'm hearing everybody blame Whitehead. We Everybody has players who leave to go to the NBA. Duke does it every year, but they, they just got Zion Williamson and Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. They have the top three recruits in the nation for next year. They got Marvin Bagley going into this year. It's it, it's really nothing. If you want to be a nationally ranked program, then you can't complain when a guy leaves through through the draft because that just means that you have really good players. And you can't complain about that because they're going to want to make money and they're going to want to go to the NBA. You have to continue recruiting, which is something that outside the big class of 2014, Kevin Willard has not shown an ability to do ever, except for with the exception of Miles Powell, who is a four-star recruit, but and he and he has been very good so far. So yeah, Kevin Willard has to go. I, th- I don't know who you would really want to bring in. Maybe, maybe yeah, I don't know who you would want to bring in, but... It, it can't be Willard. You gotta have a new guy with a new game plan. Somebody who's gonna put Angel Delgado in the post and really just put him there. You could have Carrington as your point guard, but I would put Miles Powell because he has shown more of a willingness to pass. And you could put Kadeem Carrington at the shooting guard with Desi at the three and Sinogo at the four. That would probably be your most effective lineup. As Kadeem Carrington, I'm not gonna say he's similar to Kobe Bryant in any way, but. He he shows he, and he hasn't shown tra- he hasn't shown like the skill of Kobe Bryant but he he is he doesn't pass he's he's got the same game as Kobe Bryant and I feel like he he would just fit best at the shooting guard which is where he was when Isaiah Whitehead was with the team and I, I feel like he's got to go back there again that's his main position so yeah we we were gonna have to fire Kevin Willard so he's yeah new new coach coming in but going on to the NFL back now uh, it's. Championship Sunday. There are there are several teams in it right now. The game going on right now is the Patriots and the Jaguars. I, last time I checked, that game was three nothing. It's three forty right now. As as yeah we it yeah but no no, no it's seven three now actually. The Jaguars scored a touchdown. So I I'm not expecting the Jaguars to win this game at all because it. It's Blake Bortles against Tom Brady. I would not pick Blake Bortles ever in that matchup. So, if if Jacksonville's defense can kind of, if they can keep Brady from getting on the board early, like keep him from building up that fourteen to seven. Well, now the only way for that to happen would be seventeen to seven. If he could keep that from happening, if the defense can hold them, let Blake Bortles control the pace of the game, then I I think they'll have a fighter's chance, and New England could really be in some trouble here. 
but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I feel like Tom Brady is just too good of a quarterback, and Blake Bortles is too ineffective for that really, really to ever happen. But, yeah, we, we, we don't know what we're going to see from that. Uh, the Eagles and the Vikings, that's, that's another interesting game because of just the two quarterbacks, really, Case Keenum and Nick Foles, two backups. Keenum was actually a third-string quarterback behind Bridgewater and Bradford. And nobody really expected them to, to go very far. I mean, maybe, maybe the Vikings, because we saw a little bit from, from Keenum earlier in the year, but nobody expected Nick Foles to beat Atlanta, which he did. And now he's looking at an NFC Championship game today, and the winner will go on to face Tom Brady, most likely, and it it's no easy task to do that. So my picks for, for these games, I do like the Patriots for the rest of this one, and I, I feel like the Vikings are going to come out of, come out of the NFC. And I, I have JJ's picks here that he that he sent me, and I'll, I'll look for those and get those back right now. So he says that the Jaguars are going to beat the Patriots and the Vikings are going to beat the Eagles, which I agree with one of those, but I just don't think that the Jaguars are going to be able to pull, it, pull anything like this off. He also says, look for the Eagles to win if the crowd can get in Case Keenum's head, which I, that, that's a very good point because, like, if you think about it, the Case Keenum does not have much experience in the playoffs, especially on the road. And he doesn't really have that big game experience. So, yeah, you could look for the crowd to make a big difference today. Eagles fans are always are they're, they're always crazy. They're, it's Philadelphia. I mean, what, what, what are you going to expect? But So, yeah, the, the, those are the picks. I, I feel like the Vikings just they're, – they're too good of a team, but also it, it's going to be a good one. So hopefully, hopefully this episode will get out before the NFC Championship airs. And I like the Pats for the rest of this one, and JJ likes the – Jaguars, so yeah, that that is a good one. So let's get on to some divisional round games from last week. The Minnesota Miracle in Minnesota, yeah, or they're they're calling it the Minneapolis Miracle, but I I, I called the Minnesota Miracle because it's not just Minneapolis. So on that play, Marcus Williams took his own guy out there, and I I feel like that it's definitely a rookie mistake because he was just not looking to get the pass interference, which isn't how you can go about a situation when you're in the NFL, you got to look to make that play and get the interception, which he, I, I, he, he, he can't do that. You got to look to get the pick. You got to look to win the game outright. And if he does, the Saints are moving on. But Stephon Diggs makes a great catch and stays in bounds. And it was all around. It was it was a good throw from Keenum. And leading up to that, I, I didn't think that the Vikings were going to be able to pull it off. I thought that the Saints were going to win all the way. I, I, I felt like the Saints, Saints could have gone to the Super Bowl, but. Obviously not anymore, so, yeah, but it, it was definitely, it was a crazy game all around. There there were a lot of people, like, on Twitter who were going back and forth, like, oh, the, the Vikings are going to win, all the Saints are going to win, because I, it's just crazy, because, like, the Saints were such a good team. They just beat up on Carolina the week before, and they, they really did have the better quarterback. Nobody's trying to say that Case Keenum is better than Drew Brees, but obviously, Keenum has a better supporting cast, even though Breeze has guys like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I, I just blanked for a second on that one, but yeah. So definitely, definitely a close game and heartbreaker if you're a Saint fan who hasn't seen a Super Bowl since in, 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 in a long time ago. It was like 09. <laughs> Not too long ago, but the, the, re, the real big time divisional round matchup was the Steelers in Jacksonville. It ended up being 45-42. Jacksonville took the win, obviously, as they're in the AFC Championship right now. Steelers were just overconfident in that one. And when Mike Mitchell comes out and says that 
we're excited for the game against the Patriots. Right from there, you know something's going to happen where that where we're not going to get that. Steelers and the Patriots are the best two teams in the AFC this year. But if, it, it's the thing about football. Anybody on any given Sunday can come out and win win the game. So it's definitely an interesting situation right there. But something that's not. The Titans j- just disgrace against New England. That that was painful to watch. I, you know it's bad when the backup quarterback gets in in a playoff game and not because of injury. Like, how did a playoff team go in and put up that effort? Like, the Titans just – the Titans should not have been there. Patriots are a much better team than than what Tennessee is, but, like, I, I didn't expect that to be too bad. As the Jaguars have just gotten the ball back from New England, I don't know how that happened, but – oh, they, they, they punted again, so – the, the Jaguars are rolling right now, and they, they have a lot of momentum, especially coming off the Bills win and the uh, Steeler win, which was a big week for them. I, I feel like they're a threat, but I just don't feel like they can beat Tom Brady. It's, it's going to be a good one, though. So, yeah, and the final divisional round matchup was – oh, I don't, I don't even have it written, but what, what was that? It was the, the Falcons and the Eagles. That, that was a great game, great ending, and I didn't expect Nick Foles to pull it off. I, I didn't watch the well, I didn't I did not watch this one, but it, it, it seemed like it seemed like it was a good game. I saw the, the highlight plays of Julio making the drop catch and also the pass that Nick Foles threw off the offensive lineman. So yeah, that, that, that that's definitely a tough one for Falcon fans who believe that it it really is their year coming off of the twenty eight to three uh, choked lead against the Patriots, so yeah, that's it for the divisional round. So, yeah, and we went over the conference championship. So a little NFL news right now. Robbie Anderson of the New York Jets got arrested again for saying some things that I probably shouldn't say right now, and I'm, I'm not going to. But Robbie Anderson is not he, – he's obviously a very talented player, but as a Jet fan, this is giving me a lot of throwbacks to uh, Sheldon Richardson and when he went well, – I still remember this vividly when, when uh, from when it happened. It was – 143 miles an hour in a Bentley with a child in the car, and the whole car smelled like marijuana, apparently. So I, 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 I didn't hear that there were any drugs involved with Anderson, but it's it's tough because he is a young player and he's a great player. But from from this point forward, he's got to be looked at as a liability on on this Jet team because they, you can't count on a guy like that because he got he got arrested earlier in the year too. I know that for. He he was in Miami and he 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 couldn't he he just got arrested. But yeah, you you can't look at him as a building block for this team anymore because he he hasn't shown you that he hasn't shown you that you can rely on him. He had a great year. He had a great two years. His last year was very good for him, and he he almost hit a thousand yards this year. If he if he didn't have these off the field problems, then he wouldn't be a such a liability. Because he, Josh McCown really, he, he made Josh McCown look good. Josh McCown threw some terrible balls that Robbie Anderson just went up and caught. And he's going to look what the next, he's going to make the next quarterback who comes to New York look good. Which, it, it could be ba- Baker Mayfield, it could be Kirk Cousins, it could be anybody really. But you're going to, if you're the Jets, you got to look at the wide receiver market for this year and think that you need a new guy who can come in and be the number one receiver because Robbie Anderson cannot be that anymore. Or he can't be viewed as that right now. So yeah, that that's that on Robbie Anderson because he, yeah, he's just not not a guy who you could really look at anymore. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner, and 
Yeah, high Heisman Trophy winner and Rose Bowl lose, loser, I guess, if you want to call him. He, he said on an Instagram live stream that he wants to go to Miami and play for the Dolphins. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I wanted to come play for the Jets, but Baker, I, I don't feel like he would fit that well in Miami because he he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Johnny Manziel, but I don't feel like that like that's a good comparison because Johnny Manziel didn't care about football. He It seems like Baker's different. He like he has a passion for the game, and if he really has a passion for a game, for the game, then he should know that Miami is not the place for him because they have Tannehill. I doubt they're going to bring back Jay Cutler, and they have Matt Moore, who's capable of backup, and they're down in the draft order. They're not going to get him. So yeah, Baker, Baker could go. I don't know where Baker could go. That that's a topic for another episode, probably closer to the draft when we're doing mock drafts and stuff, but. Yeah, Baker. Baker wants to go to Miami, and that's that's that. So, uh, what do we want to talk about now? It is... Oh, Tom Brady versus the field. How did the NFL get to this? It got to Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, and Tom Brady. That Tom Brady's the only one who can really do anything in this league, I think. Well, one of them's going to get to the Super Bowl, be it Case Keenum or... Or, uh... The other guy, Nick Foles, and I, I, I remember when Nick Foles was like crazy. He and he was throwing seven touchdowns per game, and he only threw two picks that whole that whole year, like back in the day when he was with Philadelphia the first time before he got traded for Sam Bradford. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there were such talented quarterbacks like Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and uh, Roethlisberger was in this one, and yeah, they, there, there were just a lot of good players and. Kind of surprised it got to this point because like, it, I I I don't know. It's a lot based on defense. Defenses do win championships. That's why the Jaguars are here. That's why the Vikings are here, and that's why the Eagles are here. Eagles have a great defense. They've been able to hold people. But also, you can't take away from what Carson Wentz has done because he had a great year before he went down in that Ram game, and. Yeah, a lot of these teams have been based off of defense. Like the Vikings, they've been able to hold teams very well. I believe only 15 points a game. And we all know about the Saxonville defense, which has been able to hold guys. But yeah, also you look at teams who have gotten eliminated. Like the Rams, they they made a living off of defense and offense. And yeah, and a good offense. But but yeah, they, they lost to Atlanta and can't... I don't, I don't know. And So yeah, that that's going to do it for this episode. That's... Really, really an uneventful episode as I'm just waiting for for anything to go on in this Jacksonville-New England game as the Jaguars now have it at the New England 6. So they're going to go up at least 10-3 to 3 if, if Blake Bortles can hold on to this football. So, yeah, it's de- definitely tough. We'll, we'll see you on the next episode for the Super Bowl preview and conference championship recap. And, yeah, 